Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Hasking Cast podcast, a special Friday episode because our artist has a release that just came out today from the band Rose Tattoo and this project, the Angry Anderson Band. We have Angry Anderson with us himself with his new song, Realize Legalize. Let's say hello to him. Hello. How are you? Good day. Good day. See, I told you it sounds so much better when you say it than when I try to. Good day. It just uh, sounds so westernized. Yeah. <laughs> well, good day is kind of like it's one of the first um, words. If you, Well, it's actually two words welded into one because the the G is from good. Right. And then, and of course, good day. So it's G hyphen day, you know, mm-hmm. good day. Um, but that, that happens a lot with the, the Australian uh, interpretation of the, Engli- the English language. Well, it sounds good coming from you. <laughs> so, Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. I am really excited about your release uh, today because I listened to the song earlier and it is a great song. It's so, I I, I don't want to say funky, but it's kind say of funky. funky. It's very funky. Say funky. <laughs> say funky. <laughs> is that how you would I, describe it? I, I think it's funky. I think it's funky on two levels. I think it's, um, you know, how um, funky has come to mean in some circles. I certainly have adopted it. That it means it's cool. It's good. It's funky. You know, um, you know, like I, I, I ride a, a funky motorcycle. You know, like it's a very particular looking. Um, it's a limited edition Harley Davidson. Um, so um, the the word funky has come to mean different things to different people. Um, and funky, of course, has always been, you know, like um, my earliest um, experiences with funk would have been James Brown. Mm. Um, and then later um, uh, some of the great funk artists that came out of that, you know, like James and a whole bunch of people who were synonymous with funk as, as, a, as a music format or genre if you like but uh yeah the, the the song's got a great history when i say a great history it's an interesting history from uh you know like someone that's followed uh, myself and the band for all these years but um for many many years i've wanted to do my own band and uh, the angry anderson band to so that i can pursue the other great loves of my life i mean you, you, you know you can't you can't hear the rosy tarts um playing um, Stand By Me, you know, even though we did as a cover in the very, very early days. But we're not an R&B band. We're, we're strictly a, a rock and roll, rockabilly, swing, blues band. Um, right. So um, that's a music that I've always uh, loved and and I've always wanted to, um, to to form a band around that that other great love of mine. And I think the... The band that I've modelled this band on is would be the closest thing musically would be Rod Stewart and the Faces, the early mm. Faces, and so they had a wonderful way as white English fellas brought up with this passionate love as I was of of um, of um, um, American black music and white music too. I mean, my earliest, very earliest influences were were some of the the great. Uh, black singers, but then, you know, once the rock and roll came in, I was following people like Eddie Cochran and Gene Vincent, of course, Elvis Presley, um, and those kind of uh, artists. And uh, and then at the at the background, there was always this this blues soul gospel 
uh, which is another area that I want to get into with my band. So mm. I, I am, when people say, wow, it's different kind of music that um, than, than you're known for, and I go, well, good. <laughs> because the worst thing that could have happened was if someone said, oh, yeah, that sounds like the tats. You go, oh, does that really? No, I don't want that. I, I want it to be far removed from, from Rose Tattoo. To, to, to keep the two things very much alive, um, uh, I think there's great mileage left in the tarts, the tats, as call them the tarts, um, Rose Tattoo. Um, I think we've got another album at least and possibly another four or five years of touring left in us. Um, but um, launching this, um, the AA band, I wanted to do it because um, this is the idealist in me, the romantic. I resurrected this song to champion the cause of the use, the recognition, um, the the deregulation, uh, the legitimising the use of the genus cannabis for medicinal purposes. So I was going to ask you about that. Um, here in the States, it depends on the state. Each state had mm. its own ability to vote. Most of them have now voted for it. Uh, mm. But the federal government has not. So businesses mm. can decide whether they want to uh, abide by state law or abide by federal law. So for example, I live in an apartment complex and the apartment complex can say, we do not recognize state law. You're not allowed to have cannabis here or smoke it on our premises. Of course, edibles, they couldn't tell. Uh, what is it like in Australia? It's, it's, it's the same uh, to a degree. Um, it's, it's not fully accepted, even though it is um, uh, medicinally dispensable. Mm -hmm. You can get some grades of cannabis, uh, mainly in oil um, form, um, from from a prescription from a GP, a general practitioner, doctor. Um, but my experience in the last few years of gearing up to this point um, has been at the education of people that have been dealing with cannabis as a medicinal um, uh, component for, for, for 20 years, 30 years in one case. So these people are well-educated and well-versed to teach the likes of you and I about the reality. So, I mean, the reason, I mean, I, I am one of those, you know, I'm a child of the 70s, um, so I, I believe that, that the big pharmaceutical companies and the federal governments, the, you know, the, the, the top tiers of government in both our respective countries um, have a, um, some sort of unholy understanding that... Um, that, that prevents the uh, you know the introduction of like look how long it took for acupuncture to be accepted by general medicine look how long even psychotherapy you know mm. um, and yet the, the results are there all the data is there and I think that one of the things that that's really tragic about the genus of cannabis is that um, people don't understand that there's different variants of the plant is what I'm talking about. Right. So can, cannabis as, a, as, a, as an umbrella, if you like, um, there's, uh, you know, because we, obviously the, the part of the zoological family or the botanical family, sorry, of, uh, of cannabis um, is hemp. Uh, hemp fibre is, is an extremely strong fibre. It could replace uh, wood for mm -hmm. start. For making paper, 
um, that you can make particle board out of for building, which is fire retardant and all these different kinds of things. It's an amazing product uh, for the manufacture of building materials. But it could replace now in its, in its refined form. We've seen it replace cotton in clothing. I, I wear some T-shirts made out of out of um, um, hemp mm-hmm. fibres, um, arguably, um, and this is uh, something that uh, the powers that be will argue, but it can. It's been shown that it can replace paper, um, and it can be re- regurgitated, recycled four or five times. And, retaining the quality of the paper it's amazing it is amazing once the quality of the paper has deteriorated to the point where you can no longer make a grade paper from it well of course then you make cardboard right cardboard cartons and then once you've used up the uh you know the the, the integrity of that fiber and then you can make you can press it into like compression board so i mean look henry ford was experimenting or was uh, way back then, he was looking at maybe making car parts, body parts, wow. out of compressed, uh, yeah, out of compressed um, uh, hemp. Interesting. Um, so, so in a materialistic world, like a material, a world of materials, it's it's certainly got a future. But in medicine, which is what Realize Legalize is championing, it's the cause of medicinal. Uh, applications um it's it's been used very very successfully in um controlling seizures of all kinds whether they be um uh, there's a a famous case here in australia where a father went to jail because he was had to obtain oil um on on the black market to, to stop his child his child was having uh 20 30 seizures a day um, and he, yeah, they, they claim it was, uh, well, the family thinks it was after a vaccination, but, um, but you know, that's an argument. Um, the, the medicinal application uh, is proven. Um, no data supports that um, smoking of marijuana is an entry drug to, to harder drugs. Um, um, in fact, um, there, I, I read a, a paper a while ago that said that um, um, they've had great success with post-traumatic dis, uh, distress syndromes, mm-hmm. particularly in return servicemen and women. Um, uh, they're having, or they've, they've always had uh, success with treating um, people with depression or anxiety. Um, and we're talking about metered dosages, so we're not we're not talking about someone who just sits there and bongs all day. Well, I I think that's the problem, though, isn't it? Is that the stigma when you start talking about cannabis, the stigma is to go to in your mind stoners, guys that are just off their gourd all the time. They don't care about yeah. anything. They just lay around yeah. smoking pot. I think we have to change the stigma of it too to be able to get people to understand the values of it. They have to see past that. I, I, I absolutely agree with that 100%. But I also think there's another component. Uh, the people that have the propensity to, um, as, as you say, quite rightfully, um, to just, you know, like have a bong every hour and are in a perpetual state of uh, absenteeism, so to speak, from real life, they can't hold down a job, et cetera, et cetera. If they didn't have marijuana, they probably would use alcohol Right. If they didn't have alcohol, they probably would just use 
the fact that they can't or don't want to deal with a, a real life. Yeah. So if you if you take the accoutrements out of the out of the the, the, the picture, these people would. I, I I largely think that it's a it's a it's an a, a, an intellectual deficit within that person anyway. I mean, there's always um, there's always uh, what my grandfather used to call malingerers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll find it there, there are, you know, a certain amount of people who just don't want to work for a life. Um, and I, I, I think, um, I think, um, yes, I, I do agree 100% that uh, there is a, a certain amount of people within our society that that escape so to speak. Right. But but you're right. I mean, it just that just happens to be the vice that they've found or connected with through whatever means. But if it wasn't that, yeah. it would be something else. Because yeah. if you want to escape from life, you're going to find a way to do it. There's certainly plenty yeah. of opportunities for that. Um, yeah. You told me something really interesting, though. Now, this song is coming out in 2021, but you wrote it in 1977. How much did you have to update the song? Um. Lyrically, only a few words here and there. I mean, obviously, 2020, um, when the updated version was brought up to date um, and uh, we cut the demo for the song. Um, and also, when we came to record this version, to, 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 to get a recorded version that, that was of good enough quality to release, 2020... Um, sings better than 2021. <laughs> that it does. <laughs> but but I'll tell you, you know, listening to the song, and I'm an audio engineer, so I tend to be very picky about mixes and things. This song is fantastic. It's sonically great. The music is fantastic. It, really solid drums. Love the bass line. Uh, vocals are really strong. But the mix and the recording are fantastic. Absolutely great. I will pass that on to these young blokes. When I say young blokes, the band that um, and we, oh, I'd love to talk about this uh, more further down the line. But yeah. the band that um, that has become my band, um, I've adopted them. Uh, we share the same management company or same manager. Okay, and um, they're a band in their own right called Palace of the King, and they're much younger than I. They're, they're twenty, in some cases, thirty years younger. Oh wow! Um, because there's some of them are quite young. They're in their thirties. Um, um, they they used to do openings, or they still do. Uh, they open for Rosie Tats on on quite a lot of uh, our gigs. We as doubles, um, and uh, they're a band called Palace of the King. But they're very when I first, when they first started to work with us. Um, there's some some bands work really well with the Rosie Tats as as a, as you know the opening band. Um, and you've got to pick someone, I think, that can, you know, that can hold up their end musically and also show because, you know, you want to give the fans, you know, bang for buck. You want to, you don't want to have a, a band on that stinks at the front because that's just a cheap and nasty way of, you know, getting the show. You want to have a, a complete show. So, uh, anyway, long story short, Palace of the King started opening for us and I, we were struck by their the level of musicianship and the, and the band leader who is the guy who who plays guitar on the track um he is the he's the band leader so to speak a guy called Tim Henwood Henwood um and he also recorded and 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 did the the um the final mixes for the track so i will pass on 
your input to him. He'll be delighted. Oh, please do. Yeah, I was, I was from the first uh, bit of drums you hear, I was blown away by the sound quality of it because it's the, the thing that people tend to miss is panning. And this is panned very well. You can really hear every instrument clearly. You don't miss anything that's going on. And that is sadly rare. It's when I say that they play with a very 70s influence, which is another reason why I picked them, because as I said before, they fit musically the genre. Like, you know, like because there's three guitar players in the band, which suits me because if we're going to do, and we are going to do a lot of the faces covers, you know, we're going to, there'll be acoustic guitar, electric guitar, mandolin. But one of the guitar players of the band is a beautiful keyboard player. So, but, and it had, he loves Hammond. He loves that whole Spencer Davis, Young Rascals, Vanilla Fudgy. That, uh, my whole record collection is um, they, they, they identify with any album that I say, well, have you heard this? They go, oh, yeah, I've got that album. <laughs> you know, so, so they, yeah. so he, he, Tim's approach, the whole band's approach to writing, and, and that's an exciting thing for me too, is that there's three strong writers in the band. And um, so their, their approach is 70s into, you know, late 70s towards the, uh, the 80s. So uh, it, 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 when, when Tim, I can only imagine, um, you can appreciate this, I know, I can only imagine that people will will hear a freshness, if you like. Mm-hmm. But the kind of way he layers, the kind of way he mixes, the kind of way the band plays is the roots firmly in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're hearing, you know, and I know you know what I'm talking about. You're, you're hearing what you used to hear, what we used to hear with the albums that we fell in love with right. in the 70s. Because mm-hmm. he, he, he's... He's emulating or copying or reusing that whole style from the 70s. And uh, and that's, you know, because I said to him, I said, that that's our influences. That's that's what we're going to use as our basis. The, the few things that we've written um, um, together, um, like we were doing a recording and someone who was, who was just, you know, like a friend said, wow, you – when you put the vocal down on that angry, that's just going to sound like the faces. And I thought, yeah, you know, I mean, I would love to 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 be considered to sound like Rod Stewart. I don't. I've just got a gravelly voice. I don't sound like Rod, but neither would I want to because there's only one Rod Stewart. But what he meant was it sounded faces-esque. Yeah, I, I would say you have a similar voice, but he's a little bit uh, wispier. You know, you've got a little more bottom end in your voice than he does. Yeah, I, I yes, I think one of the things I, I've got, I've, well, I like to think that there's, there's uh, more of a level of aggression. I mean, even when Rod, and my favourite singer is Rod Stewart, my favourite band is The Faces, um, even over the Stones. Um, but um, I've, I listened to those early rock songs, um, the closest that they ever got to what I'm talking about, which is a song that my band covers, is a song called Borstal Boys, which is an early Rod Stewart, and it's a real rocker. And that's as close as Rod gets to flat-out rock and roll. Um, 
uh, even even when he he covers uh, some of the great, um, uh, you know, the work he did with Beck, you know, and um, you know they did some great reworks of some classic rock and roll songs. There's not that he doesn't have that edge, that aggressive edge in his delivery. I don't think it's within him to tell you the truth. He, he's he's more even when he's trying to uh, thinking of a song like Young Turks. He still has a gentleness in his voice that that says, "Yeah, he, but, but he can still make it work." It, it, the one thing that he has, um, and it's one thing that he has that sets him apart, and, and beautifully so, is that he has he has a, a, a wistfulness. Mm, yeah, um, uh, there's very few. Well, when I say very few, there's very few male singers that could bring me to tears. There's a there's a bunch of women that just just reduce me to tears. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I mentioned um, Adele before. I mean, but, um, you know, I was just listening to the other night. I was uh, getting dinner and I was um, listening to uh, Mahalia and some of the early, I had three or four albums on. I had I had Mahalia. I had, um, but they were singing gospel. It was their, their gospel periods. Um, and... Uh, each song just dripped with that wonderful, wonderful um, adherence, devotion that they had to Christian, and and the beauty that they found, the solace, if you like, the the, the power of, of of believing in something greater than than ourselves. You know, the the Creator, the creation, if you like. You know, put away the the uh, the religious dogma, but mm-hmm. the the sheer the sheer power that they drew from was spiritual. You can't deny that. You can't sing like those women sang mm-hmm. just because they're women. I mean, you know, the women's movement these, these days, oh, no, I don't want to get into that. Right. They might say, well, they sang like that just because they're women. There's a different power that you're putting behind it when you're singing from a standpoint of spirituality versus storytelling. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they were, they, they were what I aspire to be, and that is an inspired singer. I, 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 I've always believed in being, to taking inspiration from this source, this energy from that's a gift of the creational process, the universe, you like. I mean, like we mentioned before about James Brown, I was just watching some stuff um, of, um, there's this wonderful documentary that was done and had Bo Diddley in it. Oh, Bo Diddley, huh? Um, but um, had some amazing footage of James Brown, black and white, back in the day when he was stick thin and and just unbelievable. Uh, I was just going to ask you, so with uh, with what you're saying, it sounds like there's an album on the way then. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, um, great. Uh, we're, we're writing... Um, we're doing as our first um, while we're finding our feet. Um, I I asked the boys because I did two albums with a uh, after I Rose Tats um, dissolved for some years. I went to uh, an hour, uh, um, uh, a record label in Australia called Mushroom Records, and I did two two albums that um, were largely. Uh, uh, it, well, both of them had a huge big hit um, uh, in, in Australia off each album, but the uh, um, 
we 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 took them to the both albums, we recorded them with this band with new treatments, etc. So pared down the that real sort of 80s sound. Um one of the one of the albums, um, um uh, Blood from Stone was recorded in Los Angeles. So it sounds like sounds like an album recorded in Los Angeles. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, because everything's so formulated now. This is the compressor we use. This is how it's set. You make a slight yeah. adjustment for the player, but pretty much everything is templates and formula now. And uh, I, I can't say I'm a big fan of that. What I really loved about the era that you're talking about is that everything was personalized. Every album had its own sound. You know, the, a band could record 10 albums and each of them sounded different. You would know what album a song was on by the way it sounded. Yeah. And uh, and I miss that. I mean, other than the player and their own the player's own equipment being the variant, uh, everything just sounds very template to me today. Yeah. Now, I think one of the things that, um, oh, uh, just, I've just missed an interview. That's okay. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Well, we'll wrap up here, but... Uh, I'm having too much fun here. Um, <laughs> I think one of the things that, um, and yes, we can talk about this next time we talk. Yes, um, is is that um, the, the one of the things that you're talking about with the different sounding albums is growth. The band were growing, the players were growing, the writing was maturing or taking different directions, and and so even if they sounded like exactly like the same band, you knew it was that band, right? There were slight changes in their development, mm-hmm. whereas some bands, I think these days, I think it's coming back, is that bands are a little bit more willing to acknowledge their growth. But, yeah, and that's important for next time, Scott. Oh, for sure. And let me ta- uh, let me just add too. Uh, I think it's great that you're doing projects outside of your main band because you only grow with the same players so much. You've got yeah. to get out and do different things, work with other people, and really grow as a musician. And then when you come back to the band for the next project, it's even better because everybody's bringing more energy and different ideas and, and things. So great. Uh, congratulations on the single. Please come back when the album's going to come out. Let's chat again because you're you're a lot of fun to talk to. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. So are you. But um, even before the album's ready to come out, there's some more stuff that's coming up with the Tats. Oh, good. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can all get back to work next year. Oh, and the God, industry I hope can, so. I yeah. hope so. Well, right, uh, keep in touch with me. Keep me posted, and uh, and we'll do this again for sure. Absolutely, mate. Just talk to Catherine. She's a, she who must be obeyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's great, too. I, I really love working with her. Congratulations on the new single. I wish you guys the best of success, and I really look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, bro. Thank Take care, you, my bro. friend. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. Well, okay, so here's what happened. We were having such a great conversation before we started taping, and I just met him today. Uh, But time kind of got away from us, so we had to hurry up with the interview a little bit. But uh, he had somewhere else he had to be another interview, and I didn't want to hold him up for that. But what a great guy. This is a fantastic song, especially if you guys like some really solid drum bass parts and some funky music. I would say it's great to listen to, but if you're just a fan of well-written, well-performed music, check it out. It is a great song. Links are in the show notes. Now, we will see you guys back on Wednesday for our regular time, but we do have a couple of kind of extra episodes that are are being put in because of uh, just scheduling and, and releases of my guests. So we'll see you guys again soon. Cheers. Cheers.